know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is your host, Jim and Joe, of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. And on this week's episode, we're talking all things baseball as we recap the ending of the Georgia Bulldog baseball season. And we'll be talking some Atlanta Braves baseball with our guest of the week this week. And we'll be connecting with via the Fan for All Seasons fan line in one second. But before we do, and before we get into the Georgia Bulldog baseball conversation, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so guys, the Georgia Bulldog baseball season ended sadly last Sunday as the Bulldogs fell to North Carolina in the elimination game of the Chapel Hill Regional. The Dogs were the two seed, as I mentioned last week. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Bulldogs regional experience. So Friday was a really tough game for Georgia. They ended up losing 8-1. to against VCU and I felt really bad for Jonathan Cannon he he had a really tough outing against VCU he only pitched he he only pitched like two or three innings I want to say it wasn't very long he he had a very high pitch count and you and you know when you've got your ace on the hill and he's having a tough day at the office one of the best ways to knock him out early is for him to have a high pitch count and so we move on to Saturday and so Georgia was in the losers bracket and they played the pride of Hofstra, who was the four seed in the Chapel Hill Regional, well, Georgia's bat busted out in a huge way. And it all started in the top of the third inning. Georgia was considered the away team in this matchup, where Georgia had 13 runs on seven hits, including including home runs by Josh McAllister and a two-run homer by Ben Anderson, who went back-to-back for the Bulldogs. Then Connor Tate, later in the third inning, launched a three-run homer. Georgia would go on to win 24-1. Parks Harbor also at a triple. Guys, when I tell you last Saturday, I've never had more fun watching one solid inning of baseball from an offensive standpoint. And I, I just couldn't get over how, how impressed I was with watching Georgia and watching them do damage like they did in that third inning. And it, it was just really incredible to watch. It really was something that a lot of Georgia fans will never forget for sure. The 24 to 1 beatdown of the pride of Hofstra. So, we move on to Sunday. Georgia would face North Carolina, and the Dogs would fall six to five. Georgia would make it close though. Cheney Rogers hit a three-run homer late in the game to make it six to five, and then Josh McAllister launched a ball to deep center field, which would have tied the game. But the freshman sensation center fielder for North Carolina, Honeycutt, made an incredible catch, and he brought it back against the wall. And, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen it on Sports Center or ESPN or any of those platforms. It, it was definitely a bitter pill for us Georgia fans to swallow. So where does this leave us now with Georgia baseball? Well, where we are now, and we've got a lot to look forward to going into the 2023 season. Georgia's got some guys coming back. Potentially p- potentially the two biggest cogs that could come back who have another year of eligibility would be Ben Anderson in center field and Connor Tate, the left fielder. Cole Tate, the, other, Cole Tate, the twin brother of Connor Tate, has exhausted his eligibility. But since Connor Tate got hurt his freshman year, 
He has one year left of eligibility if he so chooses. I'm fascinated to see whether Connor Tate and, and or Ben Anderson or both of them decide to come back and play for Georgia. It's going to be interesting to see how Georgia handles the transfer portal. There's a lot of really good talent in the portal and I'm fascinated to see what kind of arms or what kind of offensive pieces and position players Georgia can find in the transfer portal because we've seen the success that the transfer portal has given the Georgia football team and it looks like the Georgia basketball team. So hopefully Scott Strickland and the Bulldogs can take advantage of the transfer portal like their counterparts in football and men's basketball as well. And also the women's basketball team. You, you know, they, they've done a good job in the transfer portal as well under new head coach, Coach Abe. So it's going to be interesting to see how this Georgia Bulldog baseball team handles the offseason. I am going to be fascinated to see if they're able to bring in some talent via the portal and if doing that fall exhibition game against Florida the night before the Georgia-Florida game. I kind of hope they're doing that because I think that'd be really cool to see. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Georgia and Florida have played a non-conference, have played an exhibition game at the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimps ballpark, who is the AAA affiliate of the Miami Marlins, which, I mean, J Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, it doesn't get much better than that. I think it, it's almost destiny that the Jumbo Shrimp and the Marlins were meant to be parent club and AAA affiliate. It just makes total sense for that. So that's going to kind of put a bow and a wrap on the Georgia Bulldog baseball season. I had so much fun talking about the dogs this year. I know it didn't end how we wanted, but I really like where the program is headed. I, I, I like I like the fact that Georgia's got some guys that'll be coming back. And you know Coach Strickland and his staff are going to do a great job of assembling young talent that'll be able to come into the program and get these Bulldogs back to a regional, hopefully next year. And I think the sky's the limit for the Georgia Bulldog baseball program. I really do. I, I really like where things are with Coach Strickland and onward and upward on in 2023. So we're going to jump to some Atlanta Braves with our guest of the week here in one second. And Fan for All Season fans, we're back. We've connected via the Fan for All Seasons fan line with our guest of the week this week. And this guy is making his second appearance on the pod. We're talking all things Atlanta Braves baseball with none other than my good friend, my Twitter compadre, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brent Wilson. Brent, how's it going, buddy? Doing great. Always glad to come on, come on the show and talk. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, Brent, let's get into some Braves conversation. And so the first topic I want to get with you is this. And so after a tough series against Arizona, the Braves swept the Rockies this past weekend, and it was a four-game series. And so what is this? Well, obviously, April and May were kind of shaky. Uh, couldn't string together more than two wins back-to-back. -back. And uh, especially Arizona, I thought that was a series. Even even going out uh, west and playing them, I thought we should have had a minimum, at least, you know, split the series. But uh, got that last one and then went into Colorado and, and took, took all four from them. It was the first four-game sweep um, in Atlanta Braves history for the, the Braves that ever recorded uh, in Denver, which is was kind of cool to uh, hear that. But um, I think this gives the team the confidence, um, you know, just to say, hey, we can string a couple together. Um, don't have to really rely on, like, the win-loss, win-loss thing that we had going in April and May. So, and obviously that's translated um, so far this month to June. I think we're at a seven-game win streak now. So, and hopefully hopefully win another one tonight yeah. uh, against the Pirates. Yeah, and you got Max Fried on the hill. And so I'm glad I'm talking about Max Fried with you here, Brent. And so the next thing I want to talk to you about is just about Max Fried's last start in Denver and just how lights out he was. Now, is that the best you've seen Max Fried pitch? So, is that the best you've seen Max Fried pitch so far this season for the Braves? I think you could definitely argue that. I mean, he was 
lights out, uh, came in eight innings, two hits, uh, just one walk and no, uh, no earned runs on the day. So, I mean, that's about as good as, as you can ask of a pitcher. And um, I think you'll start to see that uh, be a common start for Freed or a common outing uh, throughout the rest of the season. Um, I think it takes, a, you know, for any pitcher, not just Freed, but it takes a while to readjust to MLB game speed, even though, you know, coming off the offseason, you're always working. And then it, it coming into spring training, obviously you're going to be facing some MLB, you know, batters, but you're also going to be facing a lot of guys that, you know, aren't going to make that 40-man roster. So I think it takes a while to get in the groove. Readjust, and, and also, like, a different setting. I mean, you're in a uh, spring training stadium, not the, uh, you know, these 40,000 beating capacity stadiums. So I think it takes a while, all those factors considered. It takes a while to adjust and then get get reacclimated, and that's what he's doing so far. He, he really is. And what stood out to me watching the game last Friday is Brent, where he's doing it, and, and he's do, he's doing it in a hitter's paradise in Coors Field. And Max Freed went out there and and just had everything working. He had his he he had his fastball. He had his curveball working. And to be able to limit the Rockies' offense in that home ballpark, a hitter's paradise and a and a house of horrors for most starting pitchers. I think that really shows the gumption and the poise and the maturity that Max Freed has. I mean, I know Freed doesn't get a lot of love nationally, but in my mind, like I look at Max Freed as one of the top pitchers in Major League Baseball. Right. Obviously, I mean he's he's lights out and. Uh, and I'll let, yeah, like you mentioned, um, Colorado, that, that's, I, I guess, the consensus that um, it is hitters paradise. Like you said, I think we put up, what, 12 or 13 runs the night before? Yeah. And then uh, come in uh, next day and hold the, you know, Rockies to no runs through eight innings. That's pretty solid. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Keeping the Braves talk going here. Now we're going to jump to more of the offensive side of things. And I want to get your thoughts on two Braves in particular, Brent. And those two Braves in particular are Austin Riley and William Contreras, a.k.a. Billy Bats. I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm so big on both of these guys. I think a lot of these guys don't receive uh, the respect that they should outside of uh, probably the Braves fans. But um, yeah, Riley is he's playing out of his mind. Uh, tied for fifth in the MLB with 15 homers, uh, on pace to just surpass his. 33 homers last season, which is really getting it done. But I think uh, the adjustment he's made over these past couple of years, uh, since, I mean, he made his debut back in uh, 2019. Was, um, no, it was just hitting him out, but I think our pitchers eventually realized he was struggling to hit those off-speed pitches and breaking balls. And um, I think now he's shown a lot more patience. He's been able to foul off pitches and wait for the one he wants. And when he gets out one he wants, he takes advantage of it, and, and he's sending it out. And uh, same with Contreras. He's doing the same thing. He's making his... Um, you know, he's, he's been a lot more patient at the plate. He's making his at-bats count. Um, he's made a strong case for himself to be an everyday lineup guy. And I think right now he's going to even have a, a further chance to prove that with Darno a little bit banged up. Um, so I'm happy to see him in the lineup. And I think he'll, he's definitely going to take advantage of that. I, I believe he was, I don't know if the same still stands, but I think a week or two ago, he was uh, leading all MLB catchers in home runs without playing, you know, without being the, the everyday guy. So I think that says a lot about where where. Contreras has got himself to now. It really does, Brent. And as far as Contreras for for a second, he homered last night, so that's eight home runs for him. And he was actually tied with his older brother, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. And so William went deep last night and was kind of like, hey, hey, big bro, I'm going to take the home run title back amongst active catchers in the National League. I completely agree with you about both of these guys. I think Austin Riley is coming into his own, and especially from an offensive standpoint, it, it looks 
to me, but like he just had, like he just has like a real poise about him, and he's able to hit the ball in a variety of spots. I mean, you see Riley going to right, you see him pulling, going to left. I mean, and the power Austin Riley has is, is just unreal. It's it's absolutely unreal. I'm, I mean, I can think back um, to, to when he got called up, and that was against the Cardinals. It was in May. I remember this because I was at the beach with my girlfriend and her family. And we were watching the game, and Riley crushed, and Riley crushed a home run, and I was wow, the power on this kid, holy smokes, he he really is coming into his own, and I wouldn't be surprised if he hits like anywhere from from 35 to 40 homers. I mean, I mean, I truly believe it. And and, and another thing about Austin Riley for a second, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, Brent. Is Austin Riley defensively? Where where are you at with Riley with the glove over it? over at third base. Uh, he, he's lights out. I mean, he's, he's a vacuum over there at third. Um, you know, don't see a whole lot of errors out of I mean, he's, Riley truly is. Uh, I mean, you could you could probably argue he's, he's the best third baseman in the league right now. Certainly playing in the category of, of at least top five. Uh, just super well-rounded guy. And he's developed into exactly what uh, the Braves have, have wanted to. I think the past few years, uh, everyone's, you know, at least since Schiffer retired, it's like, oh, are we ever going to see a third baseman like that again? And Riley's certainly you know, played played like that uh, so far in his career, or he's developing into that caliber of player. He, he really has, Brent. So I want to get your thoughts on our next topic. And so you were at the game Tuesday night, and so I want to get a firsthand account of what it was like on Tuesday, seeing Kyle Wright go eight innings and seeing Acuna mash those home runs from your perspective at Truist Park. Right, Tuesday, you know, he started off a little bit shaky. Those two runs, in the, but he was he was locked in, found his rhythm. Um, went eight innings, was the longest outing of the season. I think he, he probably touched close to 100 pitches. Also had seven strikeouts. He's been, you know, he's been sitting guys down all season long. He's becoming one of the, I guess probably right now he's playing as the two-man behind Freed as of right now. Um, he's sitting, he's actually higher than Freed uh, in ERA and sitting 11th overall. And the whole league was just a 2-3-9 uh, over 11 start. I mean, Wright, Wright's getting it done. He's, uh, he's becoming that guy almost of, you know, what you think of Freed. Like, you know, when Freed comes out there, you're like, all right, we're going to have a good chance to win. Bryce the same way. He's, he's come in and he's, he's getting it done. And every time he's on the mound, you feel like you got a good chance to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so what were your thoughts on the two Acuna homers from Tuesday night, seeing that in person? Right. Uh, that was, I mean, it, it gave me chills from the moment the ball left the bat. Um, Cause, you know, especially after watching a uh, video of him saying he was going to do the Trey Young celebration um, on his next home run. And, um, you know, I kept sending him, all my friends, like, kept sending that video. Like, oh, man, like, I can't wait to see him do this. It's going to be pretty sick. And then he gets up that first at bat, ball at the bat, knew it was gone. And uh, seeing him do that Trey Young celebration, that was pretty sweet. And then comes off, you know, or right, his next at bat is another one. So uh, pretty special. I don't think I'd actually seen Acuna uh, Homer in person. So that was a uh, pretty special. For me. Oh, no doubt. Oh, that's awesome. Brent, I love that, man. I love that. That's real. That's really cool. Well, what I can tell you from my big time moment of Ronald Acuna that I remember, this was back in 2018. I was fortunate enough to be at the playoff game in game three when Acuna hit the grand slam against the Dodgers. And I, wow. and I, Brent, I've watched a lot of baseball in my day. I have never seen a ball jump off, jump off a bat like it did the night Acuna hit the grand slam off Walker Bueller. And that, like, true, I thought Truist Park was going to come down i truly did i mean the, the place was shaking it, it was unreal so jumping back to tuesday night 
I remember I was watching the game and my girlfriend's parents, we, we were watching the game and I was just like, you can, you can hear the sound come off his bat and it's just different. And, and that's what, and that's what I told my girlfriend, uh, last night when we were at the, when we were at the game and Acuna had that single, I want to say that was in the first inning when he did that and the comes off different office. There, there are certain guys that just have a different sound and Acuna has got that. And it, it, I'm telling you, Brent, it's less CTV with Acuna, anything he does, whether it's offensively, defensively, you know, hustle but and i and i know akuni is a part of the let the kids play movement and i love it i love it i know there's a lot of like older baseball people that don't like the pageantry and the panache that akuni plays with but i love it i mean it it, it invigorates me and it, it really is fun to watch he he's definitely must see tv and i think he's got a chance to be an all-star in la i truly believe it don't you think yeah i mean like you said yeah it, it does sound different you know when the ball comes off his but he, he's just a special player uh just really fun i mean it's it's really exciting anytime you, you can you know show up at truth and get to watch him play I, I i really think he's changed the dynamic of the way i know you that a lot of uh, i guess older fans don't really like his the style or whatever but i really think he's changed the dynamic of baseball or at least helped uh contribute to that and it, it just makes uh baseball a lot more cooler a lot more fun to watch i i totally agree with you i totally agree with you i just think acuna's got that acuna has like a rock star personality and in atlanta sports i mean we've never really had the guy i mean when i think back of like past greats that like atlanta that that here in atlanta that we've had as far as great stars i know this is way before you and me but i know a little bit about this guy and i think about Deion sanders with the falcon and what he did with the falcons and the braves and you hear people that, that say that like Deion just had this like swag about him and just like you know something different about him and the, and that and that's how i feel about trey young that's how i feel about ronald acuna and the and these these young dynamic stars that these young dynamic stars get it and they're just so dynamic and fun and you have no idea what they're going to do next it, it really we really are in like a golden age of like dynamic young stars here in atlanta it, it really is special yeah right. I, I mean i like i like that comparison I, I really do think uh you know both athletes ronald and trey respectively are on that caliber of just just swagger it's like anytime you get offered a chance to go you know see the hawks you see the braves it's like yeah, I definitely want to go see, you know, Ronald Acuna or Trey Young go play because like you said, you, you have no idea what they're going to do next. Absolutely. And so Brent, I want to, I, I want to, your thoughts on Wednesday's game. So I was at Wednesday's game, but I want to get your thoughts from your perspective, what you thought about Wednesday's game with the Braves. 13 hits, 13 runs, Ian Anderson pitched solid. I, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, so I, I got to watch the game with my dad. Um, it was pretty fun. You know, just all the, the balls were flying everywhere. I mean, the, the A's had no answer for the Braves lineup. I think every single, every single player in the lineup came across the plate. 13 run. Yeah. I mean, everyone was hitting and you know, when a couple of guys are hitting, you know, it tends to be contagious and everyone got active last night. Um, and I think that does a lot for, you know, the next, the next couple of series. It's like, all right, we're all hitting, you know, I don't, or I don't want to be the guy to go up there and strike out or whatever. Um, but you know, keep it going. Um, which I think will translate to a lot of wins over the next uh, week or two, at least. I, I totally agree with you, Brent. As far as last night's game, some things that stood out to me. Brent, you realize, you know who the king of doubles is in Major League Baseball? Uh, it should be 
Matt Olson, isn't it? It is with his twenty-fourth double, the king of all that is double. And then you've got uh, Freddie. Freddie Freeman's not far behind, but Matt Olson is clear in the lead with twenty-four doubles. It and and the double last night was crazy because when he hit it, I, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is a routine fly ball to the left fielder. But you know, Brent in baseball, you know, you find holes. And I know Matt Olson gets clowned because of his speed and stuff, but he was po- picking him up and, and putting him down to make it to second for the double. And I I, I really I really think that Olsen is going to get going here in a little bit. And I think a big reason why, it looks to me, Brent, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is it looks like Olsen has found a spot in the cleanup, in the in the clean, in the cleanup spot, and I, f- I feel good about that. And I really like the way that Snicker has made the adjustment with the Braves lineup. I want to get your thoughts on moving Dansby higher, putting Olsen at cleanup, just kind of your overall thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I, I like that they've moved Olsen toward, you know, uh, cleanup, middle, middle of the lineup. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people made a big deal like her towards the beginning of the season Olsen had a lot of hits uh, but didn't really have a lot of RBIs to show for it um, and I think part of that was just because he was you know in that two spot and so uh, moving him a little bit behind in the lineup you know gives a chance to get some runners on base and so when he connects when he connects you know it's going to it's going to score runs so I, I expect for you know Olsen to uh, keep going and I think you're going to see his production go um, probably in a way that he's um, never really produced at before in his career, just considering he's been with the A's his whole career. Uh, not really the same lineup the Braves have. We've obviously seen that these last two nights. But um, yeah, when, when everyone's hitting around him, you know, that's, that's going to leave a, a big chance for runners to be on base when, when Olsen comes up to the plate. Totally agree with you, man. Totally agree. And so, Brent, our final topic on the show tonight for this week is the Braves are facing the Pirates this weekend. And so what are your expectations and thoughts on this series for the Braves? Yeah, I think the expe- expectation at uh, the very minimum is to win this series. Um, you need to at least take three games here, especially being at home. Uh, I think the Pirates are they're below below 500, uh, 24 and 30, which is not awful. But uh, these are two organizations headed in two different directions. Um, so we're up 3-1 three, three, here tonight already. Um, but yeah, I think the expectation is minimum three, and it should have a chance to go for a sweep. Um, but I think the... The reason is because, you know, Braves have a little bit easier schedule throughout June. Um, we've already started to close that gap up on the on the division. The Mets are down to a seven-game lead and uh, with a chance to make that six-and-a-half tonight. Um, we only play seven games against teams over 500 this month. As, as it's shown, we, we've taken advantage of that already. Got to continue to take advantage of that, especially with the Mets having a little bit tougher month ahead of them. As it's shown so far, they've started to fall off. But I think, I think this is a great chance for the Braves to start to bridge the gap up on that lead. And hopefully by the end of this month, you know, we could be seeing, you know, a three or four game lead, if not less. And hopefully that continues tonight with the, and the rest of this weekend with the, you know, Braves hopefully taking a series over the Pirates here. I, I completely agree with you, my friend. As far as the Braves and Pirates, I'm looking for the Braves to win at least three out of four in this series. Now, I, w- I will say this about the Pirates. What they do have, they, they do have a couple of guys that, that we need to keep our eye on as far as the Braves pitchers go. One of those is Key Brian Hayes, the third baseman for them. He's a really nice player for the Pirates, and uh, they also have um, a recently called up outfielder named Travis Swagger. He's pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see how the Braves handle a young up-and-comer like Key Brian Hayes, especially over at third base. And and going back to like where the Braves are in this point, as far as the schedule goes, I really like where they. I really like how the schedule breaks for the Braves right now because think about it. After 
after the Pirates series, you go up to Washington, and then you've got three with the Cubs at Wrigley. And I just think, again, like as we talked about, it's a really good chance for the Braves to feast and get right. And and because after that road trip, who comes who comes to call in Brent? But that would be none other than the San Francisco Giants and Jock Peterson, as well as Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers. So the Braves got to keep feasting because it's about to get tougher when they get back home from this from this road trip of Washington and Chicago. I'm looking forward to seeing what we do against these teams below 500. You, you definitely, you got to take advantage of, of those games, right? No doubt, no doubt. the Windows series. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that Giants uh, Especially John Peterson coming home and, and getting his ring presented to him, but then also um, Freddie's return to Atlanta—that'll be fun. But yeah. you know, those are those are good teams. It's a good chance for the Braves to prove where where they are this season, or at least see where they are this season. Um, and especially being at home, those are really good opportunities for the Braves. Uh, to win some games over some some of the better teams in this league. I completely agree with you, my friend. And why I'm looking forward to the Cubs weekend so much is the Saturday game on the 18th. I will be in Wrigley Field to watch the Braves take on the Cubs. Brent, I am so excited. I'm so excited. So I was fortunate, Brent. I was able to go to Wrigley Field once before. I went up uh, for my graduation present from UGA. My dad and I went. And it was the night before Georgia played Notre Dame in South Bend. And so we were at the Cubs Brewers game and so we got down to Wrigleyville early and saw the sights and I and went went to this great place called Sluggers and had cheeseburgers as big as my head and did batting cages and then walked into Wrigley Field and Brent let me tell you this when you walk in to this when you walk in from the concourse of Wrigley Field and you look out Brent I kid you not I love Truist but there I have never seen greener grass than Wrigley Field I mean there there it's just it's so iconic it's so pretty and I love it and I'm so excited that I'm gonna to be there next weekend and so that leads me to one like a bonus question I have for you Brent and so what are some stadiums in Major League Baseball that you would like to visit right so um so far I mean I've been to Turner and obviously uh Truist um I've been to Great American up there in Cincinnati for a couple games um but definitely Wrigley Fields out there that's a that's a must visit I got some friends from the Chicago area that kind of like, hey come up to Chicago I'm like all right I'll come but there's it's got to the Cubs got to be town uh when i make that trip so that's obviously one of them and then uh definitely want to check out um fenway and um yankee stadium at some point too i love it i love it brent brent i really appreciate your time coming on here and talking some braves i i, I always enjoy our conversation my friend and i look forward to having you on the pod again and, yeah thanks for having me um I'm, I'm i'm always uh more than more than excited to come on here anytime you ask I, I love it man i love it all right brent we'll talk soon bud all right sounds good all right man thanks so that was a really good good interview we did with our man Brent Brent Wilson and we had a great conversation I always enjoy Brent's insight and I really like the fact that Brent is like me in a lot of ways and he wears his emotions on his sleeve he's passionate about these teams like I am and I like to give people a platform to talk about it and that's why I love having great guests like Brent to come on and talk all local sports from the Braves to the Hawks to the Falcons to Georgia basketball as I've mentioned before Brent is a huge Georgia basketball guy, as am I, and so we even talked a little off-season Georgia basketball. Before we did the interview, he's excited about the future of Georgia basketball. I'm excited about the future of Georgia basketball. So anyway, that's another topic for another day. 
I love talking to my guy, Brent. So before we get on out of here this week, guys, I want to tell you about fanforallseasons.com. It's our website. You can check it out. We've got our merchandise store, but we've got our comfy colors t-shirts in a variety of colors. So check that out. And you can also go listen to future episodes where this episode will be dropping later this evening. So check that out as well. And you can also read up on how the podcast came to be with me and RG3 making it happen. So check that out as well. That is the great fanforallseasons.com. One last thing here, guys. It's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic, original, smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So for my guy Brent Wilson, thanks again very much. This has been Jamin Joe, and this has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya!